0: Sports Radio. All right. Here's a take for you. I think the Bears need to trade Justin Fields at the trade deadline in a few weeks. Let's be honest here. Their season is over. They're 0 3. Their offense is a mess. This team is coming apart at the seams. So acknowledge it, recognize it, wave the white flag, admit the season is over, trade Fields by Halloween. Lean into being the worst team in the league. Get Caleb Williams. Use the other pick from you got from the Panthers, which is going to be a top 10, probably top 5 pick um, as well. Reload, and let's go into next year and hope, if you're the Bears, to finally get this right. That is the best plan of action. That is the best course of action right now, I think, for the Bears to take. Admit reality, lean into reality, and go from here. Because at this point, I don't really see as we get ready to go into week number four, I don't see the point of holding on to Justin Fields for the entire season. Like, the Bears stink, right? And we're talking about the Bears, not even with the number one overall pick, but if we're talking about the Bears and what is going to be and what is a loaded quarterback draft here in 2024, I don't see the Bears holding on to Justin Fields and trading a top three, probably the number one overall pick, like they did a year ago. I think if you're sitting there, again, extremely high up in the draft, they are taking a quarterback. They are not deferring like they did last year. And so if you are going to trade Justin Fields at the end of the year, why not just do it now? Trade Justin Fields by the trade deadline. And ensure yourself even more that you will be picking first overall and get a generational talent like Caleb Williams is. That makes the most sense, right? Why delay the inevitable? Why kick the can down the road of, you know, we'll see how Justin develops and we'll see where things progress from here. What is changing? If you're a Bears fan or if you are a Bears employee, let's just say, what is truly changing between now and the end of the season between your relationship with Justin Fields, between the offensive output we're seeing on the field, what is actually going to change and how's you going to believe, hey, things can make, you know, can take a right turn here and end up going better. We can actually have hope at the end of this season that we got the right guy I'm a big Justin Fields fan in the sense that when he came out of Ohio State, I was really high on him. I thought the Bears got a steal. I thought the 49ers, frankly, should have taken Justin Fields third overall instead of Trey Lance. I was definitely a big Justin Fields supporter coming out of Ohio State. But the reality is, for Justin Fields and for the Bears now, when you look at it from both perspectives, right now as you look at year number three, nothing's... Changing, nothing's going in a positive direction, right? This looks like a relationship that's broken beyond repair. Justin Fields has not progressed right now, right, at any point so far in his career. He's not shown any growth or development whatsoever. The Bears have not put him in a position to succeed with a horrendous offensive line. Outside of DJ Moore, no one really skill-wise that could take the top off the defense or make an explosive play. And the coaching has been questionable at best as well. Now again, Fields is not without blame here. Fields is absolutely part of the reason why the Bears stink, why they have the longest current losing streak in the NFL, and why they've never really been close in any of these games they're playing in. Defense has been bad, offensive line's been bad, running game's been bad, passing game's been bad, Fields himself has been bad. He's not absolved of blame, but he is also not the number one reason that the Bears stunk as well. But at this point, like, what can you sell me that makes it worth keeping Justin Fields again after this season? You did it last year. Okay, fine. You still want to believe in him. You still want to use the draft capital you got from the Panthers. You still want to use DJ Moore. Right, a really good receiver you got um, in that Panthers trade as well, and you it from number or trade down, I should say, from number one to number nine. I get wholeheartedly why you would want to build around Justin Fields and see what he's got here in year number three. But we're three games in, and it looks like you got your answer. This has been a disaster in every single way offensively. The line is stunk. Chase Claypool has basically quit. DJ Moore is not being used correctly. The coaching staff has not been very good. Justin Fields can't read a defense. And now all of a sudden, as well, you're starting to see the infighting. You're starting to see the drama and frustration seep out where it feels like once the toothpaste is out of the tube, you can't put it back in. It feels like these words being said coming out of Hals Hall, you can't undo that. You can't repair the relationship. When Justin Fields is blaming, and he wants to claim he didn't mean to, he said what he said his coaching staff for basically all the failures on offense. When you have most recently Chase Claypool after practice on Friday say he's not being used correctly, this feels to me like it's unrepairable. And the results also, if you're the Bears, have not been a ringing endorsement as to why you should believe that things can change for the positive. Right, there's not a lot of flashes you've seen from Justin Fields, especially in the passing game, that has you thinking, oh, there's a reason to believe. Just give him more time. Give him another weapon or two. Give him another year on this offense, and he's going to explode and flourish. There's no reason to believe that right now. There's no reason to believe if you're a Fields, that positive things are going to change anytime soon. And Justin Fields, look, for calling the coaching staff out, Right and blaming information overload as why he's playing robotically and not playing like himself. In that diatribe he had against his coaches, he also said last week against the Chiefs, he was just going to play free. He was going to say what? F it. I'm going to play my game. I'm going to play based on instincts and how I think I should be playing, not based on what the coaching staff is telling me, or play within the the offense that they say I should be playing in? How did that, how, how did that work out? He got smoked by the Chiefs and scored one offensive touchdown late in garbage time. Otherwise, the offense looked just as bad, maybe worse, than they did the first two games before that when Justin Fields was playing within the system. So Fields tried to play hero ball against the Chiefs. Got equal equally disastrous results as he got the first 2 weeks when he was playing within the offense and doing what the coaches told him to do. So where is at this point if you're a Bears fan if you're even Justin Fields or someone in the Bears front office where is the reason to keep Fields? Where is the reason to believe oh this is going to change and this is going to change for the positive? I don't see it. I don't see things changing in a, in a positive way this season. I don't think, I don't see things changing in a way where you're now going to believe Justin Fields is going to be your quarterback for 2024 and beyond. So if that's the case, why hold on to Fields even this season? Why hold on to Fields throughout the rest of the 14 games you got on your slate? Cut bait. Get in the driver's seat early here to get that number one overall pick and get again a generational talent right now in Caleb Williams' who's the real deal, the truth. He is a franchise-changing quarterback, similar to Joe Burrow. Get that guy on your team and try for the first time in your franchise history to get an actual legitimate quarterback. And I know he's not been great so far, but there's absolutely a market for Justin Fields. Midseason, You don't think the Jets could use him right now? Look, again, field's not been good, but he's better than Zach Wilson. And he's a new name and a new face. So he instantly brings hope, if you're a Jets fan or player, that, hey, at least we got a chance with someone not named Zach. If you're the Raiders, why wouldn't you take a flyer? You got Jimmy Garoppolo, but no one really believed Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be a long-term solution with Las Vegas, and now Jimmy Garoppolo is already hurt. Why not bring Justin Fields in? Why not try to, you know, buy low on an asset and, and hope you can develop him uh, in your offense? If you're the commanders, Sam Howell continues to play like he did on, on Sunday against the Bills, you got a talented offense. You have Everything Justin Fields doesn't have in Chicago. Good run game, good receiver, solid offensive line, good play caller in Eric like If Sam Howell, we're sitting here in week six, week seven, he's not really showing you much improvement and or continuing to struggle, why wouldn't you pick up the phone? Why wouldn't you see what it costs to bring Justin Fields in and see if he can provide a spark where Sam Howell was given the reins and couldn't earn it. In a similar vein, what about the Falcons? Again, same things, same quality, same pieces that the commanders have. If you're Desmond Ritter, I don't think there's there should be a long leash because you have everything you need to succeed. And so if you're struggling, it's on you. Can't blame the offensive line. Can't blame the receivers or the run game or the play calling. It's on you. So if we're again, we're sitting here week seven. And Ritter's like, eh, I'm very good in a winnable division in the NFC South. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you go and try to get Justin Fields? So I think Fields would have a market absolutely if he's on the trade block mid season. And if you're the Bears, you gotta do it. Lean into being the worst team in the NFL, get a franchise changer in Caleb Williams. And honestly, try to end the drama. This has been a season from hell for the Bears so far through the first three weeks of the season. Seeing the defense coordinator drama, between Fields going out his, his coaching staff, between the, the uh, offensive output, fourth worst in total offense, 20, uh, 27 in points per game. They've been atrocious offensively. Fields trying to play hero ball, not working. Receivers dogging it. Receivers calling out the team. It's been a, a flat-out embarrassment for the Chicago Bears this season, and it's only been three games. You move Justin Fields, that embarrassment ends in the sense that now no one cares. Now you can kind of go through your season in oblivion and try to hit the reset button here with Caleb Williams. So, it make, to me, makes all the sense in the world. If you're the Bears... Why delay the inevitable? Wave the white flag. Your season is over. Trade Justin Fields while you can now. And start to embrace the tank for Caleb Williams. That is the move the Chicago Bears should make and have to make within the next month here. Is it too early, do you think, to give up on Justin Fields? Is it too early to wave the white flag on a guy who's been in the NFL for three years. But to Fields' his defense, has had nothing around him. Has had no offense line to line of block for him. Has had no really wide receivers to throw the ball to. And no run game to take pressure off of pressure off of uh, his plate. Love to hear your thoughts. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. You could tweet me at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. When we return, the Jaguars are in London to kick off the London series this weekend. They are taking on the Atlanta Falcons. This London trip for the Jaguars is a lot different than any other London trip they have been on. Alex, I'm gonna need your help here. I like to think I'm a man of the people. I got my ear to the ground and know what the kids are talking about these days and the jokes and stuff like that. One thing that's really taken over social media the last uh, week and a half, two weeks, and I don't understand it is the Kevin James shrugging. Meme I don't get it. From uh, was it? I believe it's from the King, King of, Queens. of Queens. Yeah. I don't understand it. Like I don't get how people are using it. For those unfamiliar, there's a picture from Getty Images of Kevin James in like just a, a flannel button down, hands in his pockets, giving a shrug with a little bit of a smirk. And it's been running rampant on social media, people are using it for all sort of memes. But the one thing I don't really get is is it like a good thing? Is it a bad thing? It's like is it like a look at me? Or is it like, oh, here comes danger? It's this- just like
1: a it's just like a meme, like like one example I saw was like, my friend over there thinks you you're cute, and then it's just that that's my friend, and then it's just sh- my friend colon, and then it just shows Kevin James, or I, I I I honestly don't get it to be honest, and I I wonder if he knows, if he's become a meme now, like him like Kevin James himself,
0: and you would think someone's got to tell me. Right? this has been it's been pretty popular. It's not like it's like one of those like niche, and just came out of nowhere like like it was
1: it like I. I think a week ago no one was doing it and now in the past few days it's just like the it's just like on my feet all the time.
0: It's like it was the one I just looked at right here on Instagram was me after one double rum and diet.
1: See like this, like doesn't make like, sense. Like, Is
0: that like oh like I'm on my way to getting drunk tonight? It's like oh look at me like I'm acting like a, a bad boy? Like I, I don't I don't get it. I feel like I've seen people use it in both a positive and a negative way. Yeah. I'm just frustrated that like I don't, I, I just, that's one of those where you don't know if it's supposed to be good or bad. And yeah, I don't, I, I don't think I really anyone else knows either.
1: You, you. I think you put it both ways, but I, I, I just don't find it funny. Like I, there are many memes I find
0: funny, but I, I, I don't really find this one. Like, I would agree. I don't find it funny, especially because you don't know, like, it's hard to decipher like what it actually means.
1: Like, right. is it supposed yeah. to be like, like, what's the context?
0: Right. Right, it's supposed to be used in like a positive of like, oh, like, Harry, I'm going for, I don't know, my 12th run in 12 days? Or is it like supposed to be like, oh, like, I'm back to like, you know, I don't know, back on my ish. as I, I don't know. It's frustrating. But I feel like people use it both ways, good and bad. And it's like, if you don't really, if we have not decided as a society what this meme is supposed to be used for, then guess what? No one uses it. It's canceled. I'm, I am officially <laughs> Alex canceling the Kevin James meme. It's no longer being used. It's unfortunate, which no one will listen and it'll be used for another probably week and a half be beat to death. And then we'll move on to something else. Yep. We'll move on to something else. That's what society does. That is what we do. All right. Speaking of moving on, is it time for the bears to move on from Justin Fields? Forget about the end of the year now in season. I think it makes the most sense for the bears to move on right now. Don't wait to the end of the year. Move Justin Fields now. There are, I think, bidders for him. The Jets absolutely be interested in the Raiders, Commanders, Falcons. I think there are teams that would be definitely interested in trading for Justin Fields in season. If you're the Bears, I don't see the the reason why you hang on to him anymore. The season is over. You're 0-3. You're an absolute disgrace on offense. Things are going south on the field. Things are going even further south off the field. You're going to draft Caleb Williams number one overall. I don't see a situation where if you're the Bears, if you're picking one, two, or three in a loaded quarterback draft, why you are now all of a sudden going to keep Justin Fields like you did last year and pass two years in a row on draft on a quarterback when Fields, again, not all his fault, but Fields and the offense have shown you zero growth so far this uh, this season here in year number three. Is it time for the Bears to move on in season? 855-212-4227. Jason, calling from Cleveland. What's up, Jason?
2: Thanks, Ryan. Um, As far as the uh, Kevin James meme, I'm not familiar with it. But when you were talking about it, it immediately made me think of uh, the shrug when people say, how did Kevin James have Leah Remini as his wife? It was like, that never made sense in that show. But anyway uh called about uh Justin Fields at first I was a little bit hurt that you wanted the Bears to bail on him but then when you brought up the idea of him going to the Jets I was like that that would be ideal for him because he's been set up for failure um with the coaching changes and then no line no receivers uh so anyway he has had a rough road to go so it would be interesting to see him go somewhere where he had uh a nice setup there, waiting for him, and, and then
0: uh, Jason too. Like with the Commanders and/or the Falcons, right? If Sam Howell continues to struggle and Desmond Ritter never kind of really gets it into first gear, you talk about again two other teams with situations thirty times better than what now uh, than right now with Fields has in Chicago.
2: Yeah, and and that would bring in the question, which is you know future, who who knows? But the uh, guy you're talking, uh, Caleb. From USC. Yes. It'd be really interesting to see how he dealt with that turmoil there in Chicago, because that's not an easy place to get it going, I wouldn't imagine.
0: Not at all. I mean, you look at the history of their, their quarterbacks there, Jason. Appreciate the call, man. It's been it's been pitiful basically. That's where quarterbacks go to die. But you hope, at least if you're the Bears, you draft Caleb Williams and he has the Joe Burrow effect where for a long time we kind of thought the same thing with Cincinnati. Although never win there. Too cheap, can't get over the hump. They make the playoffs, but never break through. You hope Caleb Williams has the Joe Burrow effect, where one guy truly transcends an entire organization. But if you're the Bears, I just don't don't see how with this current group of head coach, offense coordinator, quarterback, and this current collection of talent, how running it back in 2024, how you will expect different results or should expect different results. I just don't see how that that makes, to me, any sense whatsoever, which is why if you're the Bears, look, it sucks because it's a re, basically it's a cycle now that you're just repeating over again. I just think at this point, cutting bait moving on is the best, best way to go forward here. We've talked about banning the Kevin James meme, so of course, go to Twitter and what happens. Kevin James back on the feed. Tony Calvin does tweet at Ryan underscore Hickey he puts a picture of the Kevin James meme, again, shrugging with a little smirk on his face, caption, the Bears ruining another franchise quarterback, and Caleb and his father demanding Chicago not draft him. I don't know who who is supposed to be Kevin James in this. Is it the Bears? Is it Caleb Williams' father saying, hey, you think you're going to save you here, but in fact, you're not? It's us saying, sorry, we ain't going to play for you. This is... Oh. So frustrating. So frustrating when it's not clear. Maybe I'm just the idiot. Maybe I'm the biggest idiot in the room and I'm just outing myself to everyone right here listening uh, that I don't get it. But God, it's one of those where I just cannot rub my head around it, cannot figure it out. Does not make sense. Okay. We teased it before. Let's get into it. This London series for the Jaguars is different. They are kicking off uh, the London series here in 2023. They are playing the Falcons. Sunday, 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Make sure you're up early. Get the coffee ready because it's going to be an early rise. But here's why this year's Jaguars London trip is different than past years. This year is a testing ground for the Jaguars to see their viability of having a franchise full-time in London. Look at the schedule. The Jaguars are playing in London this week against the Falcons, next week against the Bills. Now, they're not technically the home team in both games. I believe they're the home team this week and the Bills next week are the home team, or maybe mix it up, vice versa. Either way, technically it's one home game and one road game for the Jaguars. But either way, they are playing two straight road games in London. We have never seen a team play two consecutive games in London back-to-back weeks. The Jaguars are doing that. Why are they doing that? The NFL wants to move them there. The NFL wants to move the Jaguars to London. And before they do that, they want to guarantee and make sure it will work. How do you make sure it will work? Well, by now using a two-week stretch to see, well, can we get fans to go root for the Jaguars in back-to-back games? Can we? Can a team that's over there and staying in London, can they play at a high level living across the pond for a week. Let's see how they do perform. The, this is not an accident. The Jaguars playing two straight games in London is not an accident, not a scheduling quirk. This is the NFL testing right now the viability of the Jaguars being in London full-time. Uh, full and I really, I hate to say this, but I think it's the truth. I think it's going to work. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars will permanently be in London by 2030. We are going to see at least one London or one international team, I should say, by the end of this decade. And it's going to be the Jaguars. I hope, I I don't want this to happen. I do not want the great people of Jacksonville to, to lose their team. But looking at the tea leaves, kind of reading this situation as it's playing out in front of us, that's the, unfortunately, only conclusion I can come up with. The Jaguars will be in London full-time by 2030. And even though I don't want it to work, I think it is going to work for three reasons. Number one, fan base. Jaguars now, because they're there every year... Have been able to build a legitimate fan base where fans can root for the team and actually look forward to watching them in a game. The Jaguars are to London what the Premier League is to us here in the United States. Right, I know a lot of friends, Alex. I know you're a big soccer fan as well, English soccer, international soccer fan, but especially Premier League. So many Americans, right, are fans of English soccer. Wake up on Saturday mornings and watch. And one of my best friends, I know Christian, give him a shout out here. Um, Christian Maldonado is someone who, when premier teams will come to the U.S. for friendly matches, right? Not even ones that count, but just for friendlies. They'll go and they're sold out. Fans go crazy to watch games that don't actually count in the standings. But the same thing is true when the Jaguars go to London in games that actually count. They have a real following and a real fan base. Those games are sold out even if there's plenty of other non-Jaguar but NFL fans there, it's an event in London now every single week. So I think the Jaguars will sell out every home game that they're there in London. And that buy-in from the fans, especially from what we've seen early on, is one thing the NFL wants to see, and then they will get that. The other thing is, I'm sure, through the NFL, you could... Build a facility to make having a team in London and having having them travel to the US eight or nine times a season to play make it easier. You know, we've seen West Coast teams stay on the East Coast for, you know, a full week if they're playing back to back games on the East Coast, right? The 49ers are not shy about doing that. We've seen other we've seen other teams do it as well. We just stay out there for your East Coast team playing the West Coast or vice versa. I'm sure the NFL would absolutely build some sort of facility, whether it's in Jacksonville or otherwise, where if you are the Jaguars, you can have that be your home base for two or three weeks at a time if you're playing two or three straight road games um, here in the States and not have the travel be so brutal where you're going from London to L.A. and then London to Kansas City in back-to-back weeks. You could easily make it work where the travel is reduced and the – you know the disadvantage you would have by playing across the Atlantic Ocean is mitigated because you can have a facility where you can kind of hunker down for a few weeks to um, make travel less of a less of an issue. And finally, if you're at the NFL, right, I think one thing you're worried about here, and one thing that maybe would give you pause about starting and putting a team in London, is the worry that there'd be a competitive disadvantage because maybe players don't want to play in another country. I, mean, I think it's a real thing, let alone playing, you know, six hours away. It's not like it's Toronto where you're just north of the border here and it's still, even though you're in another country, you're right there in terms of the U.S. You are, right, across the Atlantic Ocean. You're pretty far from everyone else, far from friends, far from family. But also, while that could be a drawback for some, why doing will be a competitive disadvantage is for others you are looking at tapping into a brand new market, international market. Now, if you're a quarterback or you're a receiver, you can. If you are now the star of the Jaguars, the London Jaguars, can not only be a big sensation in the NFL and the United States, you could be an international superstar. You may not ever, you know, rise to the levels of you know some of these soccer stars like Ronaldo and Messi. You can rise, you know, you can rise pretty high. You tap into that international market, you tap into that European market, your stock, your endorsements could go through the roof. So while some could look at it and say, mm, I don't want to go, you know, play another country and be so far from friends and family, others can say, Oh, I could capitalize my brand right here. I could be a superstar of Europe and be the face of NFL Europe, basically. Those are the three reasons why I think the, uh, a team in London will succeed. And if you look at right now the schedule, again, it's not an accident. The Jaguars are playing in London two weeks in a row. This is the NFL testing out to see, can we put a team here full time? Will the fans still show up? Will the interest still be there? And how will a team react to being, again, in Europe for a full week uh, in terms of how they play from Sunday to Sunday? It's not an accident the NFL is doing this. I think, unfortunately, again, it brings me no joy to say this. Unfortunately, by 2030, I think we will see the Jaguars in London full-time. 855-212-4227, 212 Greg is calling from Jacksonville. Hello, Greg.
3: Hey, man. How you doing? Listen, you got a good show, but I'm uh, politely upset, if I can say that.
0: Course, national guys
3: keep say- you national guys keep saying the Jags are going to England. That is so far from the truth. We have been battling this rumor for years. Shad Khan is committed to the city of Jacksonville. He is building a Four Seasons hotel on the river. We're getting ready to build a $2 billion renovated stadium for the Jaguars. Uh, the Jaguars are going nowhere. They are here
0: to stay. Now let me ask you this question really quick here, Greg. From My understanding, tell me if I'm wrong, the stadium plan has not been approved yet, right? We've seen renditions of what the stadium look like. We've seen plans, but nothing's actually been approved for this to get the green light.
3: correct? Right. The the city is getting ready to have meetings with the Jaguars, I believe, uh, in October. But it will be approved. Khan is uh, dedicated to the city. He wants to see development and uh, there's just no way the Jags are moving permanently to England. I hope you're right,
0: Greg, but you're not nervous at all that them playing two weeks consecutively is not like, uh, again, a hybrid or or basically a de facto testing ground to see if this is going to work full-time?
3: No, I am not. That rumor was started up years ago. It may have been slightly, I don't know, possibly believable way back then, but it is so far from the truth at this point. There's no way it's gonna happen. Shot kind is dedicated to the city. He has said so himself. He is the owner. Right. If the if the owner has already verbally said the Jaguars are going nowhere, then they're going nowhere. That's all I can say.
0: Greg, I so. hope you're right. Again, it brings me no joy to say this. I personally hate the London games. Like to be completely honest with you here, I don't need an extra three hour window of football. Like one o'clock by Eastern times at least, one o'clock, four o'clock, eight o'clock. I'll be honest, by the time Sunday night football comes, I'm exhausted. You're watching all the one o'clock games, you're absorbing all you know, all your fantasy info, all your gambling info, you're watching your own team hopefully win, you're watching red zone, like it's a lot coming at you at one time. I don't need now another three-hour block every single Sunday where now you get the London game kicking off at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, and that's now another game you watch leading into the 1 o'clock games, leading into the 4 o'clock games, leading into the 8 o'clock game, where now it's like you're basically watching football from 9.30 a.m. to 11 p.m. Frankly, I don't need that. I don't want that. So I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I just look at right now what's going on. I'm like, boy, I hope I'm wrong, but jeez. The NFL, we know the biggest thing that motivates them is money. And I can't pretend I I know the finances. I'm going to assume, and assume I'm correct here, going to London is going to bring the NFL a lot more money than staying in Jacksonville. That's what would scare me if I'm a Jaguars fan. The NFL is always looking into new markets. And you know what? The, one other point I'll make. I'll make one other point when we do return I want to continue this conversation here about the uh, Jaguars going to London. The NFL is doing one other thing when it comes to markets. Marketing. Going to untapped, you know, areas to get new viewers. They're doing one thing this weekend that should just highlight their main motivation is money and more. As a reminder, this portion of the show is brought to you by Wesley Financial. Stuck in a timeshare and want out, contact Wesley Financial Group now and get a free timeshare exit information kit at wesleyfinancialgroup.com. That is wesleyfinancialgroup.com. I hope I'm wrong, but I look at the Jaguars playing two straight games in London over the next two uh, two weeks, I should say. That has me thinking. The NFL is thinking and trying to put a team in London. I don't think expansion, I just don't think there's enough talent to expand the league past 32 teams. I think it's going to be more relocation than it is expansion. And I hate to say it. I look at the Jaguars as a team that's been in London every single uh, year, now playing two games there back-to-back. That, to me, is the NFL trying to test this out and try to tap into a brand new market here and see, just make sure before they make the move, that a team actually could survive and thrive in London. And to make my point again about if I was a Jaguars fan, why I would be worried about them pulling the Jags out of Jacksonville, is that the NFL is always looking to bring in new viewers. London would absolutely, having a full-time team there, tap them into a brand new market and expand the viewership and get more money into the owners' pockets. And to highlight this, when the NFL is doing on Sunday with the London game at 9:30 a.m. Eastern is not only is it being broadcasted um, on ESPN plus and obviously being played in London, they're also having a toy story broadcast as well for the game where basically you know, Toy Story characters and, and cartoon drawings, are recreating the game between the Jaguars and the Falcons. The NFL, I was going to say, doesn't trust me. I don't have kids, but if I do have kids, hopefully one day they don't trust me to get my son and daughter into football by sitting on the couch and watching with dad. They don't trust you to continue to get the next generation of, you know, uh, the next generation into football by again sitting on the couch with you and watching your favorite team every single Sunday. They are now trying to guarantee as much as they can getting that young audience in early because now what they're doing again with this Toy Story broadcast is trying to get kids into football earlier. Catch their attention, not by the game, but, oh, look, it's Toy Story. And then you figure out, oh, it's football. I like football. Let me watch more, and now let me watch the real thing. They are doing whatever it takes to get into new markets, and there's no such thing as too young. Toaster is aimed for what? Toddler? Not toddlers. That's maybe, you know, young uh, 8-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds. That's what they're going for. They're going early. Get you hooked in early. And that just to me is the latest example of the NFL doing whatever it takes to expand their reach past what it is now. And you talk about expanding reach. You get into an international market like London, that reach is going to be widened significantly. And that's why I think if you look at these next two games for the Jaguars in London, I think it's a feature we're looking at by 2030. How about yourself here? 855-212-4227. Speaking of international, let's go to Darius calling from Vancouver. What's up, Darius?
4: Hey, Ryan. Hey uh, Great to have me. Uh, great to uh, hear from you and uh, happy to call. First great to, to, to have caller. you on I'm the show, to too,
0: Darius. Thanks.
4: Thank you, man. Um, so just kind of uh, weighing in on that thought there, um, i got to be honest with you, I don't really see the Jaguars going internationally because they're playing back-to-back games. I look at it more as a branding perspective um, because if you think about the NFL, obviously it's very focused-based in America and North America, but the thing is, is internationally, you know, you've got the New England Patriots, the Dallas Cowboys, the Green Bay Packers, you've kind of got the bigger name franchises. You know, luckily what Burrow is doing in, in Cincinnati is amazing, but generally people don't think about the Bengals or the Jaguars, right? So I think personally that uh, the owners doing this more so getting the brand out there, and also just kind of um, reiterating here on the uh, possible relocation uh, talk, you know, uh, being from Vancouver, we already, like, we lost our NBA team to Memphis, but you know, I don't see the fan base being okay with it in the sense that um, viewership isn't necessarily an issue with major American cities. But I also know internationally, they're not really loyal to a specific fan base. Like, I don't necessarily agree that the people in London are diehard Jaguar fans. I just think they've been the most exposed to that. But I mean, honestly, you get the Patriots or the Cowboys in London, they'll probably take over the city. Um, I just don't see it really happening. Just kind of want to um, kind of get, you know, other people's perspectives. Because I, I think generally, for the most part, most people would agree in the sense that I, I personally just don't see it happening by 2030, personally.
0: Again, I hope you're right, Darius. I'm not rooting for this to, and I appreciate the call, man. I'm not rooting for this to happen. I want the Jaguars to stay in Jacksonville. Again, I don't want to see a London team. I don't think it's, it's honestly, what viewers want. It's not what I want. But the NFL, from what I've known in my 29 years on this earth, is that the NFL only cares about the bottom dollar, that's it. And they are never satisfied. There's never a dollar amount that makes them say, we're good, you know what, we don't need any more. We, we can just stay status quo and we are good with the whatever, 30, 40, 50, you know, billion dollars we're making a year, we're good here. They are always looking at how can we make more? And you want to talk about making a big splash, going to London, big splash. All right, when we return here? I'm putting out the first ever Ryan Hickey college football poll. Who are the best Who is the best team through the first month of the season? I'll tell you next. It's Ryan Hickey on CBS Sports Radio.